0: Today we'll be continuing our series on a generous life, and uh, we started this series on uh, generous in our lives and our time. And today we'll be talking about generous with our gifts or our talents. And, um, you know, when, when you look at that idea of generosity, uh, it's more than just a commitment, right? Generosity is above just the the regular, it's it's beyond, it's taking a step beyond. And so um, this morning, I don't think we're called just to a commitment, I think we're called to generosity in all that we do, especially the gifts and talents that God gives us. And so as I was thinking about this idea of generosity, I thought, um, if you were to ask me when I was growing up or even in college to be generous with the gifts that God has given me, I would ask the question, what is the gifts that God has given me? What does that even mean? How do I do that? What do I do with these gifts? Um, what are those gifts? And uh, the second part for me, growing up in the church, uh, looking around, kind of observing, seeing how things function, my question would be, how do I even, how do I even get involved in this? Um, I got into ministry in some ways because uh, there was no youth pastor and they needed some help. And they said, hey, can you help out? And so that opened the door. But there wasn't a clear path for me. There wasn't do this and get involved in this and and I'll come alongside and mentor you in this. And so maybe you're like me this morning. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you're saying, I don't know if I have a gift. I don't know what that is. Or maybe you're saying, I know I have a gift. I know that I have a passion that God has given me and that he has orchestrated my life towards things, but I don't know how to use that gift at the church. I don't know how to get connected. I don't know how um, to follow up with that and be involved. And so this morning, uh, I want to look at uh, Ephesians and, and ask that question of how do these gifts work, how do we build into these gifts, and how do we build unity through that so that you and I can be generous with what God has done in our lives, the gifting and talents that he's given us, and so that we can have um, this this life of generosity that we believe we've been called to. So before we go to God's word, let us precede it with prayer. Pray with me, please. Father, we thank you for today. We know you're the author of life, and uh, Lord, that you are holy and righteous and just, and so we come to you this morning and we ask you, Lord, that your will would be done here, that you would provide us with the spiritual things that we need, um, that you would inspire us and encourage us. Lord, we pray that you would, you would even um, show us uh, what you have for us in our own lives, that you would teach us something new today. And Lord I pray if there's anything as we come here, if there's anything in our lives, any sin, any rebellion that's there that's keeping us from you, I pray that you would help us uh, to repent of that and, and to ask for forgiveness and to move on. Lord, if there's people in our lives that we need to forgive, help us to forgive. And Lord, help us to live in unity um, as a church, and, and Lord, um, help us to know you and that freedom that you give. And Lord, we ask that you would guide our path as we look through what uh, Paul has written for uh, the Ephesians that applies to us and we pray. Lord, that you would protect our minds, you protect our hearts as we follow this, because we know that all of this is for your kingdom and for your glory, and so we thank you, and we ask you now to speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're gonna be looking at Ephesians chapter four, just some back uh, history on Ephesians. This is a place that Paul went. Ephesians or Ephesus was a, a city and it was one of the most diverse cities of its time. It was a place where uh, most of the, the, the worship was going on for, the, for all the different belief systems of its time. And so people from all over the world uh, of that area would come to Ephesus to worship their deity. And so it was a very diverse place. And Paul spent some time there, establishing ministry, establishing this church, and then later on, he finds himself in jail, and he's writing from Rome, writing, uh (laughs) uh-oh, he's writing this letter back to the Ephesus, to the Ephesian church, to let them know the importance of using their gifts and the importance of what he has for them, and so that leads us up to this place that it's as if he was writing a letter to a church in New York City a place of great diversity and a place where uh, people were coming from different backgrounds and different stories, and they would have had different perspectives and different points of view. And so coming into this, he's trying to encourage this church that has a lot of division. And I can tell you, as someone who grew up in the church and has been in the church most of my life, the challenge we have in church is is division, right? Right? Uh, we're good at dividing. We're not good at unifying. And that's the challenge, I believe, that, that, that Paul calls the, calls the church in Ephesus to have. And so let's begin there in Ephesus, I mean, Ephesians chapter four, uh, verse three. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace of peace Paul saying to the church in Ephesus unity and peace are more important than ability and achievement See, the challenge I've had in ministry is that if you are good at something, I've, I've had friends that were really good singers and good musicians, and, and, and I have friends that were very good at speaking, and so they will, you will get a position in a church if you can do one of those. Those are the things most people think about. But the problem is sometimes um, you can get so built up in that position that you forget that you're part of a, a greater thing, and, and you can start to believe it's about you. And I can tell you as a pastor, as a senior pastor, that there is a great temptation to make it all about you and to build yourself up and and to establish yourself as the point of reference and to think that what I'm doing is for me to build myself up to get to the the next level. And you lose what Paul is saying here, that, that unity and peace, that this is about all of us, about oneness, about us coming together with a common mission. And what ends up happening is, is when certain people uplift themselves and put themselves in a place, a position of of being greater than, other people feel less than. And maybe this morning you felt that you you don't have a place because you don't do one of those things. Well, let me encourage you, Paul would double down on this idea that you are as valuable to, to the body as any of these. And that unity and peace is of the most importance. It's at the very pinnacle of what we're trying to achieve. It is how the mission will be presented and achieved. And so as we look at this, it's the core foundation as we think about our gifts and our abilities. And look what he says. This is amazing. He goes into verse four. There is one body, one spirit, just just as also you were called into one hope Of your calling to the Lord. One faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And so we are one in the body, and we are one in the mission. There is one mission, and that mission is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. You've been here, for those of you who've been here before, you know that we talk about the up, in, and out. That is the mission of the church, is that we can love God, be in relationship to God through Christ, that we can be, uh, have love for each other, that we can have deep, meaningful relationships where I'm growing with people. And I can tell you right now in my life, I've realized more than ever in my life the importance of others and how encouraging people can be and how the body of Christ is so powerful when it comes to those places in life when you have great need. And and sometimes you don't realize that until you go through that, how important it is to have brothers and sisters that you can have fellowship with, that you can have relationship with. But that's part of all of this mission is to share that we can love God. I can have a personal, intimate, close relationship to God every single day. And through that relationship, I can have uh, these close relationships with those that are in the body of Christ. And then I can have a heart to the world and I can love the world the way Christ loves the world. And so that's the mission, that's the oneness. It's one baptism, one faith, one calling. And that is to share this good news that we can be right with God. And this morning, every gift, every ability, all those things, every inclination, my story, everything that leads me to this place is for that one mission. And so that means for you, whatever giftedness, whether you realize you have it or not, is part of this mission. This oneness and he's calling you into it and you being here this morning is part of that calling. Maybe you're at the very beginning where he says, come to me because you need a savior, you need a Lord. Maybe he's calling you this morning and he's saying, I know um, that you haven't felt engaged with this. I'm calling you to engage. I'm calling you to serve. I'm calling you to take that next step of using that passion, that gift that you know I've given you I've talked to, something is going on over here. (laughs) I've talked to so many people that say, I know that this stirs in my heart. I know that God speaks to me this way. I know that I should be doing this. I know that I've been called in my life to do this. Serve right there. That was awesome. Thank you. But I just, I just don't. Life gets busy. Life gets challenging. And this morning... As we look at this idea, I want you to know that Paul is saying, look, there's a lot of different perspectives. There's a lot of different people coming from a lot of different backgrounds, but we're one. And when we lose the oneness, we lose the power. When we lose the oneness, that this is all about Christ. This is all about us living in this upward relationship and in this inward relationship and in this outward desire for other people to know about it. When we lose that, And we get off track. We lose even the the purpose for any of us to have a gift, a talent, a story. And so he establishes how important it is for every one of us to understand that we are a one singular mission. Whether you're a greeter, whether you're a deacon, whether you're just you're here as a prayer warrior, we have oneness together and we are serving. And so here he begins to lay out what that looked like in the church. He says, therefore, it says, he gave some to be apostles. Some to be apostles. Now, there's two basic meanings for, the, for this, is that there's the apostles of this time. The apostles would have been defined by those who walked with Christ, had a personal relationship while he was doing his ministry on earth, during the time of his resurrection, that they would have seen, touched, and talked to Jesus. That qualified them to be apostles. But the word apostle means to be sent out on mission. And so there's another sense of this word as the apostle is that is sent out on mission by God to share this this message, to be setting up new opportunities, setting up new churches, new studies, new prayer groups that Barnabas is the example we're given as someone who would have been sent out on mission to be sharing this new message. Uh, belief that had not existed before, this hope in Christ, this new foundation in Jesus. And so this morning, maybe this is you. Maybe you have just a strong burning urge in your heart to go share this with the world, that you see your coworkers, you see the people in your life, you say, we need to start a Bible study there. We need to start a prayer group there. I need to start something at my business. I need to start something in my neighborhood. We need to get this outside the doors of the church and we need to plant new churches. And this is the heart of the apostle. And they're pushing, right? They want to keep moving outward. They want to keep going, taking it on. Wants the church to move forward. And so this can be a challenge, right? Because not everybody wants to move fast. Some of us like it to be, let's settle and relax and get things organized and get it all satisfied and get everything organized the way it should be before we start going somewhere else. Let's make sure it's right here before we go somewhere else. And so what does this cause within the body? It causes division, right? Paul set this all up. He says, this is probably gonna cause division, but I want you to see that it's not there to cause division. It's there to cause unity. Unity, not uniformity. Unity in the body of Christ. Then he says, and some as prophets... This is the person who wants to hear the word of God and be obedient to his voice in scripture. The prophets of the Old Testament said uh, to the, basically, they foretold some things in the future, but the main point of the prophets was to go to the nation of Israel and say, unless you repent, you're gonna perish. Unless you repent, your enemies are gonna overtake you. Uh, The prophets of the New Testament were those who would come in and say, look, we have to make sure that we're doing this the right way. We have to make sure that we're listening to the voice of God and that we're not being deceived by false teaching, that we're not allowing the the, the false views or false beliefs of the world to penetrate the church. This is is very clear when we see um, Paul have to confront Peter because Peter is leaning into this idea that the Jews have to keep all of the law, that the Gentiles then also have to be ingrained to the law. So for them to become part of the body, they have to start obeying all those laws that the Jews had. And, And Paul has to, confront peter and say no that is not the new that is not the new covenant that is not the new thing that is not listening to god clearly and he's in a way a prophet that has to has to challenge things in a kind and loving way right how many of you know a prophet (laughs) they can see where it's wrong and they just sense it they they listen to me preach and they hear that nope i don't think that's right (laughs) But we need those types of people. We need that giftedness. We need a person that has a strong conviction that says this is the word of God and we do not deviate from it and we do not water it down and we do not make it so everyone thinks it's, you know, accessible as is that whatever they want to hear is what they get. No, we want it to be truth and truth doesn't change. And so we need that as part of the body. But we all can see where division would come within the life. If the giftedness, if you feel strongly in that area where that can cause great division within the church. If it's not done in love. And we lose the mission and we lose the unity and we lose the whole point. Then he goes on to say, and some as evangelists. We see Philip in Acts chapter 8, he is sent to the Samaritans, which were the least, like, this was the group you don't hang out with. This is the population. This is the community. This is a a place you do not go. You do not relate to these people. And yet Philip is sent there as an evangelist to share the gospel that they may receive Christ and that they may uh, have the, the hope of having an upward relationship, an inward relationship. And he's on the outward relationship to tell them about it. And so Philip is the person that says, look, it's great that we're here this, this morning, but who are we telling about? Who are we sharing this with? Who am I going to and telling them that, that they can have hope in eternity, that they can have a purpose and meaning in life, that, that they have been redeemed, that the cross has, has paid for them, that the resurrection has established a hope for their future. Um, this is the evangelist. It's funny because... Um, I was talking to my kids about this, and I said, you know, where do you think, you know, you fit in the church, and what do you want to do with your life in regards to God? And my daughter says, Dad, I want to go into the whole world and share the gossip. (laughs) I said, gossip? Yeah, gossip. Do you mean gospel? (laughs) Because those are two very different things, right? Uh, Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. And so here we have this place where God may put on your heart, you may be sitting here this morning and say, you know what, I I love being a church, but really I want to get outside of these doors and I want to be running, I want to go to Africa, I want to go to India, I want to go to wherever and I want to be on a missions trip and and I want to be doing this and the culture and and I want our culture to know that this is relevant and and I want people to hear the gospel, right? But what's the friction here? What's the division here? Well, they can make you feel pretty guilty, (laughs) Right? Well, why aren't you doing this every day, every minute like me? Then I think there's another friction. Sometimes, and I've been, I've been in seasons where I feel that my heart is evangelistic. You can just be like, hey, pray this magical prayer. And after you pray it, I don't need to know you anymore. And, and you don't truly care about that person. You're just wanting to share a message to as many people as you can. And it can be very divisive. And that's why I believe as we look at this, Paul is saying, look, don't forget that this is to unify us. This is to build us up. This is to build uh, uh, so that we can be on mission and growth. And then he goes on and says so that the, the, the evangelist wants everyone to hear the gospel, and some as pastors. I think the really interesting part about pastors is that um, it was built on the idea of a shepherd and, and feeding the sheep and, and helping the sheep find the right direction, and you think about sheep, there's the, some sheep that are like, this isn't very good grass, let's go and find some grass over by the cliff, or let's go to where the wolves are, and so you have some sheep that are excited about the future, and maybe they're this uh, apostle and they're this, they're this uh, evangelist, and they're just like, let's get the church and let's go everywhere in the world, and, and who cares if we have the finances, who cares if we have the structure, let's just push the limits right and then you have other sheep that you're trying to take care of and and they're saying no we got to set this up we got to we got we got to keep together because there's a lot of wolves there's a lot of danger out there and we got to eat this grass and there's only this limited amount of grass and we have to have a really good structure so that everyone gets enough grass and and you have the teachers and the prophets and they're saying look we got to stabilize this we got to make sure this is healthy before we go anywhere else right And the pastor's responsibility is there is to help feed and encourage and say, look, let's work together. And and you see this when Paul shows up right when he was converted and and the church has rejected him. They've rejected him. And and Barnabas says, no, I know about this guy. And I know he's from from Jesus and, and I know we should receive him in. And he builds the relationship in. And if he doesn't do that, if he doesn't do that at that moment, the church is radically different. And maybe this morning, that's your heart, is that we would just all get along and everyone would seem valued and that there would be encouragement everywhere and that we would see that some people gotta go and some people gotta stay and and we gotta hold that together and and we gotta encourage and and we gotta feed and and we gotta be shepherding, pastoring. I tell you this morning that I'm not the only pastor. I believe this gift is probably one of the the most common gifts that God gives is a desire for, for peace, and to share things with love and to bring people together. And this morning, maybe that's the giftedness that he's leaned into you. Maybe that's what he's encouraging upon your heart is that this is, this is the gift he has given for you to, to demonstrate and to, and to use within the life of the church. But it's an important gift. The pastor cares about the needs of people, connecting people to the ministry and shares the truth with love. Scripture value is valuable. People are valuable. The mission of reaching new people. Up is, is, is the most important. In is also important, but not as important as up. And out is as important as in. We need to have all of these areas of the mission for us to be healthy and to be functioning correctly. But do you see how in all of these, division finds its way in, it creeps in, and then we are split. And we feel undervalued. And we feel that we don't matter. And then finally, it says, and some as pastors and some as teachers. I believe that we have great teachers within this church. I believe that God builds that in your life. And and I would encourage you that all of these, all of these, I believe, um, it's not as though you get a special gift at a certain time. I think God weaves it into your whole life. That from a child, something happens, and as an adolescent, something happens, and and in his mercy, because he says he does this within his grace, that he begins to plant this giftedness within you. I know for me, one of the reasons that I I have been um, called into the ministry is because I grew up in a church where I saw so many things that I felt like I could have been a part of changing, but couldn't. And I wanted to be part of making a church where people were excited to believe in Christ. They were excited to live out their faith. I wanted to be a part of a church that was real and it wasn't just talk, it wasn't ritual, it wasn't maintaining some kind of historical thing, but it was real life and you could live it out. And I wanted to be a part of a church where that mattered, that people were excited about their faith. And that the, the word of God is taught clearly and that people are, are presented with truth from his word. And it's, it's not opinion, but it's, it's built on this truth. And so this morning, the question is, do you have that? Are you called to teach? Here's one of the problems with, with teaching, though, and where it can cause division, is that you begin to think that God's word, that God's word is, 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 is to be worshipped above God. God's word is his revelation about himself to us. And you can believe that all really he wants is us to be smarter Christians, that everyone in this room is just should be smarter and, and we learn more about what a Christian is, right? It's interesting. I watched a video by Francis Chan. He's a pastor and he was talking about his daughter and he said, you know, if I came into my daughter's room and, and she said, um, well, he says to her, have you, done your, have you cleaned your room? Why is your room still messy, right? You haven't done your chores, and she says to him, well, well, dad, I took that and I wrote it down, and I, I learned what the Greek and the Hebrew meant when it come to clean my room, and I also saw that um, I'm going to get a group together, and we're going to talk about the benefits of cleaning my room, and uh, I'm going to learn, um, I'm going I'm to be praying about this every day, about the benefits of cleaning my room, and, and let me tell you, I know like eight different ways to clean my room now, Right? But if she doesn't clean her room, it doesn't matter, right? So learning it isn't enough and it can be divisive and it can bring an unnecessary division within the church. So this person wants to train people to be disciples. And then finally, verse 12, it says, all of this is for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to building up the body of Christ to building up the body of Christ. All of the gifts, everything you have, your whole life story, every inclination, what gives you energy in life, it's all to build up the body of Christ. And if you wanna go to the next slide, here's just a picture of, of what it can look like, the body of Christ, right? Jesus is the head, the head has the brain, the brain tells the body what to do, right? Jesus is at the core of what we're trying to accomplish. He's at the core of what we're trying to do. As a pastor, my job... And if this is your calling, what you're responsible to do is is really hold the arms and legs together and encourage them and and bring everyone together and feed them and and give them purpose and and help them to understand they're valued and that, that don't miss it. If you're not here, if you're not here, we're missing something. If you're an arm this morning and you decide to leave, then we don't have any arms and we can't do much without arms. If you're a leg this morning and and you say, I I, I just don't feel like this church really understands me, I need to go somewhere else, then we're not going to have the legs we need. (coughs) I'm getting really excited and it's causing my voice to go. (laughs) Could someone serve me and get water? (laughs) Thank you. His one arm is a teacher, reads the book. (coughs) One arm is the prophet and is looking and listening and saying, God, what are you teaching us? How can we live appropriately? How can we do this the right way? How can we make sure that we are not missing what you have for us? That we're not being falsely taught, that we're not being uh, deceiving of ourselves. And so they're, they're saying, let's slow down. Let's stay here. Let's maintain. Let's get things organized. Let's make sure that we know what we're doing. Let's get all of our details aligned. Let's make sure that this is a good plan. You have the legs. The apostle, the evangelist, they're saying, no, we gotta walk. We gotta get out of these doors. There's too much to be done. Let's get out of here. There's places to explore. There's new opportunities. There's so many things going on. How are we gonna make an, a difference in our neighborhood, in our community, unless we go and go and go, Right? I remember when I was in college and I broke my ankle. Thank you, Giles. (laughs) Satan really doesn't want us to hear this this morning, apparently. I remember when I was in college and I broke my ankle and... I, would, I, had to, I couldn't walk on my ankle. And at the first two weeks, I was actually in a wheelchair. And I remember watching people walk and just being like, wow, I can't wait to walk again, right? I just can remember. I, I can remember, man, I really did not appreciate walking. But it was only because I had a broken ankle that I realized the importance of my ankle. And I had to do things that, caused issues on the rest of my body because my ankle was broken. And the point this morning is that, yes, there are some people that God gifts and he gives them a story where they want to reach out and change the world. And there are some people that God uses their story and he gifts them so that we have a strong base and we have a strong point of reference. But both are equally valuable and we need both. And we can't look at someone that doesn't align with my gift, who's different, that God is is using in a different way, and look at them as a villain. But look at them as a counterpart in the body of Christ. And that your gift is necessary here. And their gift is necessary here for us to be a healthy body of Christ. Now you look at that, that is not an exhaustive list. There are many other gifts that scripture gives. I'm not saying that this is it. You might be someone who wants to give of your time, someone who has mercy, someone who has grace. Those are all the gifts. These are so many gifts that God gives us as a church. But it's when we start looking at someone else's gift and saying, no, or it devalues me that we lose this unity that, that Paul calls us to. He calls us to be unified because here's the thing. What makes us healthy is that we're different. What makes us healthy is that we have a lot of different parts to our body. What makes us strong is we are one. What makes us strong is that we are one as a body. And so my encouragement to you this morning, as you take a next step, as you think about this, as we ponder this as a church, as I ponder this as an individual, what is the giftedness that God has given me personally? what has he given you as a gift? How has he used your life? What is he doing in your heart that aligns you with the mission of, of his kingdom? And then how will you get involved with that? Earlier I said the most important thing is the upward relationship, that our relationship to God through Jesus is the most, if we don't have that, we don't have any of these other things. And so I believe the first thing for you to do if you haven't already is to confess with your mouth. Say, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he died on a cross, rose from the grave and has paid for my sin. I will confess that and I will believe it in my heart. And if you haven't already in your life done that, that's the first step. Um, Don't worry about these gifts. Don't worry about anything else. It's the unity you need to God to have with God through Christ that begins with confession and belief. And so I would say your next step this morning might be that you confess and you believe. But maybe your first or your next step this morning is that you commit to unity. That you commit that even though I'm different than the people I see and the people that are within our body, I want to be unified because I believe that that is what I've been called to is to be part of this body. And I need to use my gifts within this body and be committed to that. And then thirdly, would you commit yourself to using your gifts generously? Not minimally, but generously. If you're a teacher, will you teach? If you're a giver, will you give? If you're a pastor, will you lovingly care for the the body? Whatever gift you have, will you use it generously? Generously. Will you use your gift generously for the building up of the body? What would it look like? What would it look like if we all generously gave our gifts in unity? Scripture reading. What would it look like as a church? What would it mean? if everyone knew that they were gifted by God to serve God here in a special way and that we were unified under that mission. What difference would we make in each other's lives, in the lives of those around us? So this morning, my encouragement is everyone in here has value. Everyone in here has a story that God wants to use. Everyone in here, God desires to gift you to the purposes of his body. Now it's up to us. Will we receive that? Will we live into that? And will we desire to serve him in his body the way he's called us to serve him? So as we consider that, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna sing, but let's not let this conversation end. Let's not, I don't want this thought to end in myself or in us, but that we would consider what is God calling you specifically to? What has he gifted you with so that you can be part of building up this body? his body for the whole world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for grace. We thank you for hope. And Lord, this is a a challenge to all of us, Lord, that, that we would hear your voice clearly, that we would know that you have gifted us And you've used our story, our lives, Lord, for your kingdom, for your body, for its health and for its growth and for its maturity. And Lord, I pray, Lord, as we think about these things and we let them soak into our hearts and our minds, that we would be led by your spirit. And Lord, that you would open new doors this very week for us to demonstrate these gifts that are only here for your glory. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, inspire us as a church and, and that you would encourage us to be unified as we desire to please you with everything that we do. Lord, we know that your kingdom is coming, it's on its way, and we're preparing for that return. Help us, Lord, today to live in the calling that you've given us, to be faithful with the giftedness you've given us, and to walk with you every day of our lives. We praise your name, in Jesus' name, amen.